Emmy Award-winning producer, actor, and comedian Larry Wilmore is back on the air, hosting a podcast where he weighs in on the issues of the week and interviews guests in the world of politics, entertainment, culture, sports, and beyond. Check out Larry Wilmore Black on the Air on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Can I ask you something? Sure. What do you think of Lady Hawk? Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Hawk Eve? No, it's worse. Damn, okay. Hawk shot. Like hot, like hot shot, but, but you know, hawk. No. Lady Arrow? None of those. Okay, fine. You know what, actually, I have an idea. Welcome into the Ringerverse, the Ringers Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. It's a special Woo! bonus holiday. We went too long. <laughs> Us? No. House of our working title. Working title. <laughs> bonus holiday episode. I am Ringer senior staff writer, Joanna Robinson. Joining me, as always, my partner on the ice. We are wearing matching black and purple super suits. Mallory Rubin. Hello, Mallory. Joe, great to be here with you. Delightful to spend the holidays together talking about these shows and these movies and these stories that we love. We're just here to pot about Barton, have some appetizers, and then we'll go. We have a lot to say. Listen, you you hopefully already heard us talk about the Hawkeye finale. You hopefully heard a great interview that Reese Thomas gave us about the Hawkeye finale. Now we want to take a larger look, as is our want, context of the larger season of Hawkeye. So we've got some bigger picture thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, mailbag answers for you in this sort of Hawkeye season-wide retrospective. So that's what's happening here. What is also happening here is that I said, Mallory helped me get on your level for Boba Fett and Mallory wisely called in Jedi Master of Star Wars lore, the ringer.com, Ben Lindbergh. We'll have a Boba preview in this episode. It'll get we're gonna watch some Clone Wars. We're gonna watch some movies. We're gonna get ready. We're gonna study. Watching Clone Wars is literally one of my favorite things to do. I I, I love it so much. I love angsty teen cartoon <laughs> Boba so much. I'm so excited for Boba. It was really fun to chat with Ben for a few minutes. Yeah. About- I love homework. I love holiday I- homework personally. So, you know, that's all in this episode. We got some scheduling reminders for you before we get into everything, right? Monday, we've got a House of Midnight joint episode. Van Charles joined me to talk about the Matrix Resurrections. Got a little loopy at the end. I'm not going to lie to you, but this tis the season. To get a looped into the Matrix. So that's Monday. Wednesday, the Midnight Boys Pew Pew, Fan and Charles. We'll be breaking down the first episode of Book of Boba Fett for you. And then on Friday, New Year's Eve. Yeah. By the way, ring in the new year. (laughs) Mallory and I will be back (sighs) to also talk about Book of Boba Fett. We're going to do the deep dive, as is our want, as I said. Okay, so anyway. Let's just get let's 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 get into it. You can listen if you want to know more. If you want to make sure that you don't miss a thing this holiday season, Mal, where can folks find us? They can find us 
by following the pod on Spotify, wherever they listen to podcasts, by following the Ringerverse social feeds, we're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. There's a Facebook group. The Ringerverse is everywhere, Joanna. The first thing we're going to do on this podcast, we're going to go on a little Easter egg hunt. But before we do, we, of course, have to issue Friendly Neighborhood Spoiler Warning let you know that we will be discussing in this season-wide retrospective of Hawkeye, all six episodes of Hawkeye, Hawkeye. the entirety of the Mad Fraction (laughs) Hawkeye run. In fact, other Marvel Disney Plus shows might come into the mix. Perhaps a Marvel Netflix canon might come into the mix. Maybe. If we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, we will warn you. That's our promise. It's a promise from us to you because we know not everyone has been to the theater. So that's, that's just... Proceed with caution if you have some thoughts and feelings about that. We're also going to talk about some Star Wars. We'll give you some warning before we get into that. So let's go on our Easter egg hunt, the Hawkeye finale. Easter egg basket. We've talked about a lot of them. What's your one favorite from the finale? Mm, mm, Just picking one, uh, only one, Mallory. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to listen to my own rules, so there's no reason you have to, but we can try. Um, I, I'm not going to get into quarter flip gate, but I do think that <laughs> subbing in a cufflink. Midnight ban. There's no more quarter gate. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't Midnight Boys. This is House of Art. But we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. But I will say making it a cufflink instead was, <clears throat> I didn't see it coming. It's a great. It was good. A great little moment. Yeah. yeah. That's my pick too, but since you picked it, I will go with what we already talked about, the arrow labels, which I just thought were delightful. Um, You know, I already mentioned Lucky getting his name, but that's not an Easter egg. That's a court plot to me. We do need a moment though. Yeah. Once again, to hear from another member of the house of our family. Because while everyone was talking, I think that at some point it said we had 138 slacks in a thread at 2 a.m., okay, (laughs) off of the finale. And everyone's in there talking about everything that happened in the finale, except for Steve, who was in the main Slack, not in the thread, just talking about the owl. So Steve, please join (laughs) us for a minute and tell us everything we need to know about Rocky the owl and why this is your favorite Easter egg. My king, Rocky the owl. So this is a wonderful little (laughs) nugget that we got from probably one of the shining rays of light that we got in the year of our Lord 2020 of our boy Rocky the owl, an actual owl that got stuck in the tree in Rockefeller Center and was rescued subsequently and put back into his natural habitat. And it's the exact same species of owl that we see in the Hawkeye finale. It was wonderful. Steve, like, by himself in the slack talking about Rocky the Owl is, like, a, a favorite, a cherished I love moment owls. of this finale for me. <laughs> Honestly incredible. <laughs> me too. I love owls too. Steve, thank you. That was beautiful. Secret Scroll Watch 2021. Yeah. 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 you got in the finale? I'm going to give it to my guy, Armand Seventh. He of the, wow. uh, <laughs> of the Hamptons accident. I love this. He with an eye towards a wine collection. Love this. I, I like a, ch- a child scroll. How about you? What do you got? So do you think that the scroll began impersonating Armand Seventh after the pantwetting incident in the Hamptons? Or was the scroll responsible? No, I think I think if the real Armand the Seventh were there, he would not have put his neck out on the line, knowing that Jack has the uh, Hamptons incident in his back pocket. Anyway, who's your pick? Incredible. Uh, I don't really believe this, but I'm just going to throw this out there. What about Lara? 
Because again, what exactly is going on here with these decisions? So I just kept getting like secret invasion whiffs here and that there's going to be some connection to something that is going to unfold. And so I wonder if a scroll could come in in some way. I'm not saying I want that to happen, but I did wonder. We also have to note here that we got numerous mailbag questions from people asking if Jack was a scroll. <laughs> I mean, if it means more Tony Dalton than the MCU, yes, 100%. One of our listeners wrote in, or I think I saw it somewhere. We had so many tweets. Thank you guys so much. The best. But someone wrote in and said, do you think Jeremy Renner and Linda Cardellini were ever actually in the same place at the same time? They and if hug. you re- They embrace. They hu- but you see the back of... Some lady oh, you think this is the- like a, a Chris Hemsworth kissing his actual wife instead of Natalie Portman situation? Like, I think it's more like Juliana Margulies and Archie Punjabi in this very infamous good wife scene where the two were not in the same room. Anyway, uh, you you see them kind <laughs> of in frame together, but I, I don't know. I, rewatch that sequence and understand that it is possible that these two <laughs> actors were never in the same place at the same time. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Okay. It is time, in honor of our guy Jack, for Sweeties season superlatives. (laughs) We will be running rapid fire lightning round through 12 of our season awards. We are going to start with best episode, favorite episode. Not even a contest, episode three. I'm with (laughs) you. One of the best, one of the best Marvel TV episodes ever. So good. So good. I'm a little surprised that we didn't end up picking an episode that had Elena in it just because we both loved that so much. But episode three was clearly the, the the standout of the season, right? Amazing intro to Echo. Loved everything with Maya and William. That was a, a pure time where the Kingpin stuff was all just a promise and the thrill yeah. of it. Yeah. That heavy fraction comics ode with the car chase, which I know you loved so much. The great episode for, for Clint and Kate and their relationship, the subway the ride, the diner call. chat, and the phone, exactly, the, the phone, phone call, call with Nate. Just yeah. such a tight and energetic episode that had this really impressive balance of action and levity and, and real heart. Fabulous. 100%. Season MVP. I think we might agree here too. Oh, I was gonna say, I know you think I'm gonna pick Jack. I'm pick, it's Yelena fucking Belova. I'm sorry, like I can't. I can't give it to anyone else. I have to give it to her. I have no issue with the pick. My two runners up, strong, strong, strong contention, Yelena and Jack. I am going with Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. I mean. Because as delightful as Yelena was, as delightful as Jack was, the show ultimately as an actual piece of television and as frankly like a proposition doesn't work if they don't nail Kate the future of the MCU is so bright for so many reasons, and Kate is just a huge part of why. So she's my pick, but can't argue with you, Lena. That's a great one, too. <laughs> ask me ask me the next question. I think we're going to have the same one here. Most <laughs> dynamic duo. It's Elena and Kate. Obviously. Right? Obviously. <laughs> I mean, the mac and cheese scene in the apartment in episode five, everything we already talked about with the elevator and the fight here, stop making me like you. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I loved when... <laughs> When when Kate said, what are we doing? I mean, it's Christmas Eve. Let's grab a drink. And Yelena really stops to think about it and says, yeah, sure. After yeah. I kill Barton. And she means both parts of that equally and as earnestly. It's just so yeah. good. Love so, it. so, so good. Favorite Fraction Comics Run Incorporation. I was going to pick the car chase. Um, but since we already did our ode to episode three, I'm going to say the LARPers because the LARPers 
who don't exist in the comic, but they're stand-ins for the tenants of the building that that um, Clint is overseeing. And in the big final fight in the building, the tenants get involved. So this idea of like echoing out this sort of like every man, I saw you jump from that building even though you can't fly sort of attitude, bringing in the the like street level folks to come help with the fight. I, lo- I love the use of the LARPers here. Yeah, that's How a great you? one. I mean, you know my answer. Come on. It's Lucky. It's <laughs> Lucky the pizza dog. Next. I mean, he was the best. I loved him. This, is a, real, this is a real struggle for Mallory not to answer Lucky for every single one of these and me to not answer Jack for every single one of these. I mean, but yeah. ask MVP, me. Lucky, favorite episode, the ones with Lucky, dynamic <laughs> duo, me and Lucky. <laughs> lucky and pizza. Ask me my the next one. Answers. Top spinoff candidate. Jack Duquesne. Not just Jack Duquesne. The show will be called Leisure Activity. <laughs> and it will be an anthology. It will, of course, start with Jack joining the LARPers. Obviously. But every episode is a new adventure in Jack Duquesne's life and a new leisure activity. Some parties. Some dancing. Some dancing. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's the pick. It's, it's the clear one. I really hope they do this. I really, really, really hope they do it. You know what? It, you know what it should be like. Do you remember those like Disney shorts that was like Goofy learning like a new thing? A it's, they're really short, this so it should be like idea. a Marvel Marvel shorts of this. him learning how to like. <laughs> I love this swim or <laughs> downhill ski. I think is something that Goofy learns. I bet you he's um, an excellent downhill skier already. I bet. I bet, I bet he is. <laughs> I bet you're right. Top trick arrow. Top trick arrow. I don't know. I did not catch what the label was on this one, but it is. I'm calling it the spiny spike one. It's the one where like it hits and then all those little darts come right. out of it. So there were two like dark dispersal ones. The first one seemed just like needles, like porcupine yeah. arrow. Yeah. And then the second one, which I'm slightly ashamed to say is my pick, is like the trank dart dispenser. I mean, that was really efficient. That was handy. Took out a lot of people quickly. Related to the arrows, favorite fighter action sequence from the entire run. Yeah, so going back to episode three, it's not the car chase, though. It's the warehouse fight. I just thought the warehouse fight was, like, really good use of stunt work from everyone involved. There's great Kate action. There's great Clint action. uh, And it was our introduction to Maya as a complete ass kicker. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Kazi, Kazi fell down good. Kazi gets his ass kicked there and yeah. then gets his ass kicked in every fight the rest of the season, including yep. in the finale. Very rough. <laughs> he Very caught rough. that arrow. Caught that arrow. All right. They gave him one, one dub. All right. What's, what's yours? Uh, mine's one we've already talked about. Yelena and Kate in this episode in the finale in the elevator running through the floor. <laughs> Kate Incredible. Bishop, I'm not here to ruin anything. I'm just going to kill Barton, have some appetizers, and then I'll go. <laughs> remarkable thing to say. Just incredible. incredible. And then the concluding note of that was really fun. Bye. And then jumping out of the window. What a star. Incredible. Best fit. I know you're not picking Kingpin's uh, Hawaiian shirt, though. That is obviously the pick. I'm sure I'm not. I'm thinking (laughs) Jack Duquesne pairing Mm -hmm. a beautiful gray suit with a sword belt. That's my pick. It's a good one. I'm tempted to pick the way Jack rocked the fencing kit, you know, cod piece and all. I just loved the commitment in that whole sequence. But I think I'm going to pick, I think I'm going to pick Kate wearing Moira's pantsuit. Yes. The orange and black one. Just tremendous. Beautiful. 
Just I, tremendous. That was my runner-up. That was my runner-up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I will say, well, again, I think that the failure to turn the tracksuits into merch that we could purchase from the comfort of our homes is a real miss. I always just admire a day in and day out commitment to leisure wear, leisure wear, as Jack would say. And, uh, you know, for, for that reason, I think it at least needs to be mentioned. Biggest surprise. I was not spoiled on this series at all, really. So like, you know, it's not my usual, like, I wasn't surprised because I knew the yeah, whole plot. This is the only time I can ask you biggest surprise in the entire time we're going to do the podcast together. <laughs> no, I, there were plenty of other times, but like, I, but I was racking my brain and I like, I couldn't think of any, I guess, no, that's not a surprise either. Um, I don't have, uh, honestly, I'm failing. Yeah. I don't have a good answer for this. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I, but I'm never su- surprised at how good Zon McLaren is at everything. But like, I guess I was surprised by how little time he had since he's so great, but then how much that character resonates in that short time. Episode three, man. It's so good. How about you? What do you have? I agree that there are not a ton of candidates here, which is, you know, notable. Here are my contenders. The LARPers role, which you just mentioned, I think the point about how they're a corollary to the residents of the building from the comic is really smart. When they were introduced in episode two, I thought, is this just going to be a bit? Yeah. But they ended up becoming really central to the story in a way that I loved. Deep Dale! So that's probably (laughs) my pick. I think Similarly, just in terms of the surprise of maybe how present a certain character set was, I think when we talked about, like, when we were previewing the season in our hype meter pod, when Andy and I broke on the trailer, et cetera, like, mentioned a couple times that I thought from what we saw in the trailer with the, the kids in New York, that this would be the way show of basically reminding us, acknowledging that Clinton has a family, and then they would be cast to the side and we would never see them again in the rest of the show. And the consistent presence throughout the season of the entire Barton squad was, uh, was a surprise. Um, and then I think just how different Kazi was from the comics. I mean, what you said earlier mm. is right. They change characters all the time, but this is not the clown that we know from the comics. And I, I enjoyed uh, getting to know the MCU's Kazi, but it's complete, just a completely different character. That's true. Favorite Easter egg. This might be recency bias because it's from the finale, but um, I got to shout out the uh, the Dragons of Despair poster in Girls' Apartment. Yeah, uh, Tracy Hickman. It, like I've talked before about my love of like Dragonlance books. Tracy Hickman, I think, is an icon of of like geek books. So a, a Tracy Hickman poster, yes, a hundred percent, yes. How about you? Amazing stuff. Mine's probably the one I already mentioned earlier: the blood smear handprint on mm. Echo's face, you know, calls back to a really iconic comics moment, tells us a lot about the history of these characters and also sets the stage well for what is to come in not only this series, but in the standoff, stand- standalone spinoff to come. So I really, I really loved that. It was, it was a, a smart wink, but also really emotionally impactful. Speaking of winks mm. and possibilities, <laughs> the Mephisto <laughs> Award for favorite fan theory that didn't pan out. My question, my biggest question at the end of all of this is why did they hire acclaimed stage actor Brian Darcy James, put boot black in his goatee and never give us any more Derek Bishop after. So it's, it's Derek Bishop. We'll talk about it with Reese, but like we really felt Derek sure Bishop that we were going to learn in this season. He was alive. So That's a good pick. Sure. Yeah. That's so a really sure. good pick. I think that actually might be my pick too. I guess for the sake of variance, I'll toss out 
Not that I ever thought this was going to be true. I, I thought it was actually thematically important for Clint to have been the Ronin in that flashback with the tracksuits. But I did love all of the speculating around that. All of the different possibilities. Could that Ronin have been Kazi? Could it have been Jack? Could it have been Lara, et cetera, et cetera? That was a, a, a fun Laura, prompt Laura for Ronin. the internet. <laughs> really fun. Really fun stuff. Oh, God. And then finally, actually, I have one more. I'm going to issue one more, one more for the last one, but I'm going to issue another contextually no way home. Very, very, very quick spoiler. Just hit the fast forward button once this time. Didn't see Spidey, Spidey swinging into <laughs> rock center. Really thought we would based on the timing overlap did with you? the Rogers. The music. No, I actually didn't. I actually did not think that we would see Spider-Man in this movie, but I liked Imagine the, idea the paperwork. That it could <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Our final superlative unanswered question uh, that excites uh, you most for the future. How did Yelena get her hair to do that? And how quickly is she going to teach Kate how to braid her own hair in similar fashion? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I don't know. You know, will that wasn't my real answer. I mean, my real <laughs> answer, but my real answer isn't even really any better. Cause I was, it's just sort of this like cozy death thing. Cause like I, I am compelled by the Kazi Maya relationship. And Me I would too. like to yeah. see more of it. So yes. how does Kazi deal with a gut wound? Yeah. I guess I have question. written down is hot Kazi alive and will he find love and peace? That was what I wrote for myself, like a lunatic. <laughs> Maybe so. he just fell onto the ice and just like just rested his belly on yeah. that. You know, his belly ice. that has an open wound in it from the arrow that Maya stabbed him with. But yeah, maybe <laughs> it's possible. They're well, like, of- should, should, should you ice a wound? I feel like you should, right? <laughs> Were they on the sidewalk or the ice there? He's near ice, at least. That's what I'm saying. He had to, like, flop himself over the wall down onto the ice and then just sort of ice his his, uh, sliced open belly. I hope we see him again. I do. There are a lot of unanswered questions. We've talked about him at length today. You know, will Kingpin be in the Echo series right away? Will Kate and Yelena join the Young Avengers? Is that watch going to be connected to any story that (laughs) unfurls from here? Will Jack become a LARPer? When will we next see Val and learn more about how she is connected? Because we we can deduce that Eleanor called her. We know Eleanor is connected to Pink, Kingpin. Is Val connected to Kingpin? I'm I'm eager to see that. Will we see any of those characters, Val or anyone else, interacting with Eleanor in her prison cell? But here's my actual one: Will Lucky and Fanny get us started at last on Pet Adventures? I, I hope I hope for nothing more for you <laughs> in the future. Oh God. Thanks. Pet Avengers. Thanks, yeah. pal. What are we doing? I mean it's Christmas Eve. Let's grab a drink, huh? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sure. After I get Barton. No. No, that no, that's not what come on. Let's you don't get any <gasps> Okay. Mailbag time. Jomi. Grab your watch. Join us. I have my watch. I'm Agent 25. <laughs> you know, they don't. They don't really just ha- they just hand out nicknames. I'm I'm in the line for Blue Jay, but we'll see. We know what Steve's nickname would be. Steve's Owl, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> okay, so Steve is Owl. Jomi's Blue Jay. I'm gonna be Oriole for obvious Baltimore sports fandom reasons. Joe, we're just waiting on you. This was not a mailbag question, by the way, but we're answering it anyway. <laughs> I mean, is it pandering to say Raven? If it is pandering, <laughs> it was successful pandering because right, I fucking love it. Great. Raven. Oh, look, how much, look how much I've learned God. about 
sports in the in the few months I've been here at the ringer. Oh man. I mean it's perfect for this though. You know, the 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 purple and black uniforms and the, the purple and black Hawkeye outfits. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. The universes are all connecting. Our first question comes from Elsa. Elsa asks, Kate's moral compass sends Eleanor to prison, but forgives the literal hundreds that Clint killed? What happens in the blip stays in the blip? This is a good question. This is the question of this series. This series is supposed to, uh, theoretically supposed to be about Clint grappling with his past as Ronan. It ends with him somehow burning a suit on the barbecue that did not burn in Kate's apartment. It doesn't track for me. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Clint, Clint off the hook so easily for this Ronan stuff in theory. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? It's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, as I think that Clint will continue to look inward and assess and that that will be an (laughs) ongoing part of his journey. Kate being like, mom, you're going to jail, but Clint, I'd love to spend the holidays with you despite (laughs) the legions that you cut down with your sheer force of will. It's tough. It's a tough scene. I kind of feel like Eleanor should be really upset, more upset even than how she was outside the outside 30 Rock. It's like, bro, you you see this man is a murderer. You just got your mother, your flesh and blood go to jail for some dude that you met two weeks ago. I'd be upset. I'm not going to lie. I think a disinheritance is on the way. Uh, I guess mandatory. You were never at. Armand's Bellini brunches. So you don't know how how That's fantastic true. of an event those were. Yeah. I, I bet mean, you the spread there was amazing. Um <laughs> yeah, this 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 let's deal with Ronan but not deal with Ronan business is a tough part of this whole series for me. And I mean it's just it was always going to be tough because like I think something that Reese said at the beginning of the season when I was asking about influences, he's like, I want to do like a really dark and gritty Hawkeye and and uh Jeremy Renner is like, I really wanted to do a dark and gritty reckon with Ronan Hawkeye. And Marvel's like, what if we do a bright and cheery holiday show? <laughs> and he put those two things together and like Something's got to give, and uh, in this case, it's it's the reckoning with the violence, and that I, I prefer the light and cheery show, to be honest. But you've got this Ronan stuff running through it, that just like one night of wine slushies, and we're done with it. I don't know. If I had to put on my cape, if I had to put on my cape, I would say Ronan killed a lot of not really innocent people. You know, they were all, like, you know, bad to some degree. That's what they tell us. I'm not saying yes, I agree with but this. but even so, does he get to decide that that's okay? No, exactly. I don't, not. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just, I'm just, you know, thinking off the, off the dome. And, you know, Eleanor set up our guy, Jack, who has never worked a day in his life. And he, you know, is not a killer. So Gandalf would tell us that's not, that's not Clint's decision to make. And I, I stand with Gandalf, you know, in all matters. But maybe the next scene that we didn't get. After the kids unwrapped their holiday gifts, it's Clint pulling young Nathaniel Pietro aside, Nerf gun in hand, and saying, <laughs> those won't actually wound the person standing across from you. But son, let me tell you about the thousands of lives <laughs> that I have ended. In the Merry rain. Christmas to all. <laughs> to all a good Happy night. Happy holidays past the eggnog. <laughs> 
Hey, Dad, how did I get my middle name? Don't worry about that. We'll talk about that at a later time. Oh when you're old, when you're old enough. Pietro. <laughs> Our next question comes from Sean. And Sean wants to know, where did the other 80 tracksuit mafia members come from? Was there a Craigslist ad? Is there a tracksuit slack? And you'll notice as they swarmed Rockefeller Plaza that we had many more green, like the red and green of the tracksuits, like the the Squid Game uh, tracksuits entered the uh, enter the mix here for a real Christmas real color, color palette, yeah, you know, holiday yeah. holiday mix. I suggested possibly a tracksuit task rabbit. Love this, love this portal. <laughs> Might oh, have happened boy. here. Maybe they're. Yeah, yeah, that that's the best. That's the best that I can come up with. It was confounding to see how many. Maybe people it's like in the film up. Newsies, which I don't know if you've ever seen the film Newsies, but of you've course. got. Of course, I've seen the film Newsies. Great. Let's <laughs> talk about Newsies a lot. But you know, you've got your local Newsies. <clears throat> but in order to fight the man, they have to call in the Newsies from all the boroughs, Queens, Brooklyn. Never fear, Brooklyn is here. All of that sort of stuff. So I'm just saying, what if the tracksuits? There are different boroughs, different yeah. collectives, different colors of their tracksuits. It's definitely possible. Kingpin carrying, gathering carrying the, the, the five families of <laughs> leisure wear. And maybe yeah. they're variant tracksuits from oh, the multiverse. Bro. Mm. bro. I think Pal. I'm interested to see, like, let's say they did have to bring people in right off the street or wherever they got them from. Did they provide tracksuits for them or was it like hmm. was that a bring your own tracksuit, you know, yeah. BYO? That's the cover yeah. letter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, if you have a red or green tracksuit, come through, you know, or if you don't have one, one will be provided for you. We have small to extra large available. Please come pick it up at your nearest bodega. And Who doesn't we'll love at company 30- merch? You know, somebody, somebody somebody rolls up in the black tracksuits, and Ivan's like, "No, no, bro. Yeah, no, bro. I'm only one no, who gets to wear." Oh black my god! Suit. Can we do the the other tracksuit question right after this because they're related? Oh, for <laughs> sure. Justin asks, "Did the owl eat the tracksuits, and how do we feel about this?" Jomi, I would like you to just share the slack that you sent us, the way that you phrased this in Slack oh, right I after can, the episode. I could pull it up. We could go. We could go verbatim. <laughs> This is so funny. Those people are dead now, right? <laughs> the shrunken church trunk people? They died small AF. <laughs> that killed me. They died small <laughs> AF. <laughs> killed me. Like it's tough. I mean, you know, you don't want oh it to be God. like that. One day you're Very living your life go. in tracksuits to the next your owl food. Very Steve, rough. does your owl admiration extend to like owl facts? Uh, to to what degree? Well, like, what can you tell us about the owl digestive tract? Like, what, like, my understanding Robust, of owls. That's what I can you say. You said, yeah, you said they had <laughs> tough tummies when I asked a question about this recently. So yeah, you, you, yeah, it's robust. Yeah. I had to, as a science project, I had to dissect an owl pellet. Okay, I I too have spent some time with some owl scat. Follow question: Does the owl have the dexterity to open the tiny door? Yeah, like peeling a tiny- sardine can. To get those tiny it's not about, it's not about dexterity. It's about will for them. Yeah. <laughs> kind of feel like talents the talents. Pers- yeah. yeah. Perser- perseverance. Yeah. Those guys are dead. They got They're eaten so by Rocky the Owl and they died. It's and he and Clint, our heroes, are murderers. Murderers. They used the Pim Arrow to shrink them, had no idea how to restore them. Clint was just like, 
I'll have to ask Scott about that. And then immediately they were scooped up by a bird of prey. You see the ending of the lighthouse? It's just like that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, there's another possibility, right? Either they got eaten by the owl or they fell to their deaths, right? Which could have been like, you know, 12 feet in the air, but to them felt like... Which of a those mile. would you? Which of those would you prefer if you were in that? I'm gonna need situation? the owl to eat me. I'm gonna. Yeah, need the I owl think to so eat too. Me. I'd rather the owl eat me. I'd rather know that I went out nourishing an animal. That would bring yeah. me peace. I don't no, want to fall. Like slow, that feels like a slower death than the fall. The fall and, and the like and the but think of how like, small if, they are. That fall it, would feel what eternal. It, what if it eats you starting with your feet and then you have to like hang out there That's while cool. this owl? Oh no, it's like an orangutan bite. Like you're going all around. All they don't have teeth. They can't chew me. Crunching bones and all. Yeah. I'm I'm it's, it's pack watch early if the owl gets you. Nah. <laughs> I'm not falling off Small the end of my AF. the end of my bed. <laughs> oh my god. And it feels like six years. Nah. I'm not going <laughs> out like that. Mm-mm. All right. This last one's for Joanna, our musical mm. theater expert. Comes from Tom Robson. Oh. Honestly, the thought of a full Rogers the musical exhausts me. And I love musical theater. But how would you feel about a what if? The Avengers was a musical episode. Well, I love a musical episode of television, personally. And we should shout out uh, uh, an Easter egg that I didn't talk about, but I guess if I'm a musical theater expert, I will I will say is that um, uh, Mark Shaman, who composed the musical, like shows up as the composer in the audience. People were like, who's that guy? They keep cutting to. <laughs> it's Mark Shaman. It's a musical composer. That's what you want in your Marvel stinger, right? Um, <laughs> a what if musical episode? Sure. I was saying after No Way Home that I really wanted a Tom Holland's Zendaya musical movie, not necessarily a Marvel one, but mm. I think Florence Pugh can sing as well. Show, yeah. Show me space. Oh, did you just get excited? Excited? <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you a musical hater? You hate no. musicals? No, here's the thing, right? If you go to the ringer.com, Earlier this year, we did a High School Musical. We ranked all the songs High School Musical, and I was very instrumental in that. I love a good musical. How high is Keep Your Head in the Game? Uh, that I think that was outside the top five because okay. Troy doesn't sing or Zac Efron oh, doesn't true. sing. He, he's dubbed. He's I dubbed. I didn't know that. We yeah. can't have mm-hmm. that. Like, I need authentic. Bet on it is like number four. It's top five because he's singing in that, right? Long story short, I love a good musical. To watch the entire episode of Hawkeye and then be subjected to four minutes of Save the City was one of, bar none, the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> Every single second, I hated it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just be honest with you. I'm not here for MCU Hamilton. I'm just not. I just can't do it. That's the bottom line. I can't do it. Haley, we know, can sing. She was in a Pitch Perfect film. She's a singer. I think if we got it as a what if episode or a standalone experience, it yeah. would be a joy. It was only like because of its function here episode. as a stinger yeah. when everyone's waiting to see if Kingpin is live, so, but it didn't work. Shout Kingpin out to my guy, That's great. Adam Pascal. I mean, I'm the, okay. You want to talk about how I enjoy spoilers, right? At the end of this episode, of course, it was me with a, with my mouse on the scroll bar, and I just scrolled all the way through the credits, and I was like, oh, we're just getting the musical. Okay. So I was able to watch it with peace of mind, because I was like, you can, you know, it'll pop up a little preview, and I was like, oh, that's all we're getting. Okay. Um, but yeah, shout out to Adam Pascal. Yeah, so what? Yes, yeah, so a what if musical. Yes. 20 minutes of animated musical. Jomi. 
Jummy. Add it to the season two slate. Jummy. What I mean, and what if it wouldn't be too bad? Because you know it wouldn't really matter. But like, if we're watching, uh, you know, a Marvel movie in three years, and then someone starts singing, and it's like, oh, it's a variant <gasps> from the musical world of Marvel. I'm gonna be upset. You guys, Harry Styles is in the MCU now. Just saying. Oh <laughs> yes, watermelon sugar. Wow. Turn wow. Wow. Is that Steve is Dare One Direction invoke- MCU canon now? <laughs> Steve dared to invoke the Spider-Man musical Turn Off the Dark, a legendary fiasco. <laughs> we need everybody to be safe. So I think that's how we're closing out this discussion. <laughs> yes. A fitting end note. Java ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. Now that we've answered some of your questions, I have a burning question for Mallory Rubin. I asked Mallory to please get me on her level for Book of Boba Fett. And she very wisely delegated that responsibility. (laughs) I choose to look at it as sharing Mm. uh, something that I love with someone else I know loves it too. Who's, who's who's joining us to talk about Boba, Mallory? It's Ringer Star Wars scholar Ben Lindbergh. Ringerverse listeners have heard Ben before. He has joined to chat about Visions and Bad Batch. Ben will be writing about the Book of Boba Fett every week on TheRinger.com. I'm sure he'll pop on the pod with us at some point to dive into the lore. He knows everything about Star Wars. We love to chat about all things in the galaxy far, far away with our guy, Ben. So he is joining us to try to offer up a condensed prep list for Boba because, you know, like my advice would be, let's watch all of Clone Wars together. Let's do it, right? But you can start with just a handful of episodes that feature Boba, for example. Some of us like to sleep. Before we get into the prep, Ben, I want to know why you're excited for Book of Boba Fett. I'm excited because I feel like this segment marks the passing of the Disney Plus belt temporarily. This was a slow Star Wars year, and Disney Plus was all about the Beatles and the MCU. And that's okay because I think Star Wars fans needed some time to catch their breath and lick their wounds and maybe come to terms with certain sequels or not. But I Mm. hope they use this time to rest and recharge because 2022 is going to be a big, busy year for Star Wars. And the Book of Boba Fett is the beginning of that. I am so excited. I cannot wait to see this show. I can't wait for all of us to talk about it. I can't wait for everybody in the world and the viewing public to get to read your wonderful weekly breakdowns on the (laughs) ringer.com. What a great website. Everybody Mm -hmm. check out Ben's scholarship, Star Wars scholarship every single Wednesday. I'm going to just loosely say mid-morning. Won't put a specific time again. So we'll say mid-morning and we'll go with that. Don't give me too tight a deadline here. (laughs) Ben, we only have a few minutes here, but as a primer, Heading into the holiday weekend, getting ready for this much-anticipated premiere. Anybody out there or anybody on the Zoom with us named Joanna who's looking for a rundown, a prep list, what to revisit, what to watch? Can I really quickly tell you everything I know about Boba the Fett? Boba Fett. (laughs) Boba the Fett. That'll tell you, right? (laughs) You know, I think... Number one, his backpacks got jets. (laughs) Love a jetpack. And he, he bounty hunts for Jabba the Hutt to finance his vet. 
So, you know, that's, that's, that's what I know. That's about, about all we knew about him for decades. And <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of one of my big questions going into the series is basically, can Boba be a leading man? Because he's been a cool looking background character and he's been a useful supporting character. But this series really answers the question of whether he can carry his own story in addition to being a bad guy or a sidekick in someone else's story. So I had some misgivings about this character coming back because once we had the Mandalorian, I wondered, do we need another guy who is best known for his helmet and his armor and his jetpack? But ultimately, I, I think the comeback worked the out well. Yes. Yeah, he still has something to prove in the series. So I'd say my level of hype is somewhere between, say, Bad Batch, which I liked, you liked, but wasn't a weekly highlight for me, and something like The Mandalorian or Obi-Wan or Ahsoka, which I'm extremely psyched for. So if I weren't a massive Star Wars fan and nerd and someone who writes about Star Wars for TheRinger.com, I'd probably still need to be sold on this series because it's a spinoff that wasn't part of the plan from the start. So I think we're waiting to see whether this is going to be a supplement to Mando and a place for character cameos or a show that develops its own identity and tells an interesting standalone story. But I think you have to be excited if you're someone who's excited about The Mandalorian and admires that show, given that this is the same creative team. This isn't yes. Star Wars Resistance or Bad Batch, which were created by Dave Filoni, but mostly made by others. This is hands-on Filoni, Favreau, Robert Rodriguez, Ludwig Göransson. This is the brain trust back together, and I'm a big Ludwig believer. is back, right. yeah, and so. his wind instrument. <laughs> that brain trust, Ben, and also the anticipation, right? Like you, yeah. you you're you're digested in the Sarlacc pit over right. thousands of years, and that's how long questions about Boba <laughs> and anticipation about learning more about Boba have been brewing among Star Wars fans. This is a moment of joy. And I hate that I feel this way because I don't want to encourage this behavior, but despite the fact that it's causing us much more work during the one week of the year when it's most acceptable to slack off, the yeah, fact that, that not great. Disney <laughs> hasn't sent screeners is perversely making yes, me more optimistic about this series. Right. In it's the premiere. Like, it's like being in a relationship with someone who's withholding, which somehow makes you want them more. I think wow. it's it's not a good dynamic. But I love I love this glimpse into your psychology. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. So sometimes not sending screeners can be a bad sign. But in this case, it seems consistent with the Mandalorian strict anti-spoiler strategy. So But even with Mando, even with Mando, they let like they did some screening events before season one, right? Like so I know I know you're going to give us like a prep list and I'm so grateful to you for that. But do you have any like the, like if there's going to be some sort of <laughs> baby Yoda yeah, right. Grogu-esque yeah. reveal Which in the first episode in Jabba's right. palace? Right. What Bef are we getting? Before I'm I'm thinking what's the hook here? Like how interested am I in whether Boba can be a good businessman and make the <laughs> crime lords cooperate whereas now I'm wondering what secrets are they hiding here? Like what cute baby are we going to get in the premiere? Are we going to get baby Bosk? What what babies are on the board here? So <laughs> I'll speculate briefly, but you okay. wanted you wanted some recommendations. So ben, can at, I make a quick observation before you do your, your yes. list here? Yes. The way that you are sitting right now, where your camera is, <laughs> where your computer is, we cannot see your face at all. You have your microphone completely. And it's it's working in the yeah. context of this conversation. It's real because it's like you're exactly. wearing yeah. so much more mystique helmet. with the helmet You're on. fully committed to your craft here, and I respect Correct. it. Right. Correct. Okay. You want recommendations. So as you wish. The good news, 
is that because Boba hasn't really been the headliner before, there's a lot less to catch up on than there will be for Obi-Wan or Ahsoka. So there's a lot of Legends material out there that explored how Boba survived the Sarlacc pit. And it's possible that Book of Boba will draw on some of those old books and comics and video games as Filoni has previously in salvaging some other ideas and characters. But for now, I'll stick to current canon. So this stuff counts here. Let's start with something obscure. I want to tell you about a little flick called The Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) 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 It's it's old. It's been around for a while. Oh, God. No no. disintegrations. (laughs) I know this is a Hawkeye pod, but I'm going to assume everyone who's interested in Book of Boda has seen the Star Wars films at some point. So if you haven't seen Empire or Return of the Jedi, go do that. time to start. Yeah. (laughs) Not because it will prepare you for the Book of Boba Fett, but because they're the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Just Jedi. Just go on Disney yeah. Plus, mouse over from that Marvel tab over to the <laughs> Lucasfilm right. tab and you're in business. Yeah. yeah. And I'll give you a, a much more qualified recommendation in this case for Attack of the Clones, which is the worst Star Wars movie, but which will help you understand Boba's origin story, as well as that Anakin and Padme meme, if you've been wondering what that was for the past <laughs> few months. So yeah. <laughs> I have one more movie rec. I'll save that for the end. Beyond the movies, I'd encourage everyone to check out the Clone Wars episodes Hell about yeah. Boba. Because... My bratty little cartoon dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we want you to watch all of Clone Wars, but if you're just dabbling here, you know Filoni is going to have some callbacks to those episodes, which he oversaw. So... There's a three-episode arc at the end of season two, episodes 20, 21, and 22, which are about Boba trying to get revenge on Mace Windu for killing his dad. Ben, when you say get revenge, you mean he (laughs) literally tries to blow up Mace Windu. Like, he he is just actively on a murder campaign. (laughs) Okay? Yeah, and and he becomes conflicted about his methods and about bounty hunting and and not following his father's code. And it seems like that's going to come into play in Book of Boba, where you hear him say, I am not a bounty hunter in the trailer. And Boba's also in season four of The Clone Wars. So episode 20, Bounty, is another good one to watch because at that point, he's a little older. He's already running a bounty hunting syndicate, so he's pretty precocious. And it's the last time that we see him prior to the original trilogy. And while we're talking about animated shows, check out episode four of The Bad Batch, Cornered, which gives us our earliest look at Fennec Shand who is going to be Boba's partner in crime in this series. And that could come into play in Book of Boba because in Bad Batch, Fennec is trying to capture Omega, whom we later learn is Boba's sister. So that's awkward, potentially, or not. We'll see. Then you have the Mandalorian. and Wait, we got to get the the Bad Batch episode where Fennec goes head-to-head with my dude. That's a good one, too. Because that was like... I've always thought that that Cad was really the only one ahead of Boba on the bounty bounty hunter power <laughs> right, ranking. Right, Fennec annihilated him. Annihilated yeah. him. That is Fennec's finest moment so far. And then in Mando, I think there are four or five must see episodes for Book of Boba purposes. So season one, chapter five, that's the big one. The gunslinger introduced Fennec and also gave a glimpse of Boba at the very end, although we weren't sure of that at the time. And the jingle jangle the of the <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> the season two premiere, The Marshal, maybe you remember as the Timothy Oliphant episode. Excuse <laughs> but, me. Excuse me. <laughs> Maybe I know you remember we it that remember way. It as the Timothy <laughs> Oliphant 
episode? Maybe. How dare you. have a Timothy Oliphant the life only, size cutout? The only person who could have <laughs> upstaged the big reveal of Boba at the very end of this episode, where we get the first glimpse of his face. And then the last three episodes of season two. So the tragedy, the believer, the rescue. Those are big Boba episodes. So this is when he and Fennec team up with Din Djarin. They help rescue Grogu. They defeat Moff Gideon. And of course, the post credit scene of the season two finale of The Mandalorian set up Book of Boba in the first place by showing Fennec killing everyone, Bib Fortuna and Boba parks himself on Jabba's throne. And that's where we are when this series starts. So check out all that. A few other wrecks. The story of the faithful Wookiee which is the short from the notorious Star Wars holiday special that introduced Boba. That's on Disney Plus now. It's about 10 minutes long, and it's useful just for the historical context. That's the first time he was ever on screen, even before Empire. And then there's Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett, which is roughly 20 minutes. It's a Disney Plus doc that came out last month and covers the character's evolution. And Lastly, I guess I would recommend watching Solo, a Star Wars story. And Boba is not in Solo. It takes place quite a few years before Book of Boba, but I think it fits for a few reasons. For one thing, it's underrated. I like Solo, so I'd recommend watching it anyway. But also, it's very concerned with the criminal underworld of Star Wars. So, Are, are you saying the, the phrase Crimson Dawn? <laughs> yeah, that, might that come could back come to up. play. That could come All up. All right. So that'll help you get immersed in the milieu and introduced to some of the major players there. And also, we never got the solo sequel. I'm still holding out hope someday, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that story continue via Book of Boba in some form, whether it's through flashbacks or callbacks or crossovers. Like if I had to bet on something that might be coming in the premiere, maybe, maybe we get something related to solo. I don't know. And Final note, I guess Boba shows up all over the current canon comics as well. So if you're a comics person and you really want to get in the mood for more Boba, you can check out some of his appearances. He's in really all of them. He's in Darth Vader. He's in Bounty Hunters, War of the Bounty Hunters, Age of Rebellion. There are arcs about Boba or at least one-offs. So there's a lot to check out there. So I started this by saying there wasn't that much to catch up on. (laughs) Then I I gave you a really long list, but... (laughs) Just wrote everything you said down. Even though I could have just asked you to send it to me, I genuinely just wrote it down. Um, Follow-up question. Yes. In terms of the timeline, Mm. like who from Solo, is there anyone from Solo who like timeline-wise could show up in Book of Boba Fett? I mean, we're about 15 years past that film at this point, but a lot of people are still bouncing around. I mean, obviously you have Han out there, you have potentially, I mean, Kira is showing up in the comics and playing a bigger role there. And that's what I was going to say, like Amelia Clark. Yeah. Amelia Clark with a little bit of like, I don't know. I don't, they don't even, 15 years is nothing. You don't have to put, even put gray in her hair. <laughs> right. Just like bring me, or or like emphasis or no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch Solo. Yeah. A phrase do. I never thought I'd say, but um, <laughs> here we are. Right. I've done my job here. <laughs> I love it. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. Yes, please. <laughs> please. Please. All right, Ben. Thank you for uh, going under the helmet of content here with us. My pleasure. It was a joy. Thank you. Can't wait to talk about Boba with you all season long. Likewise. Can't believe it's Boba time. Unbelievable. That's it for us on this very special holiday episode 
of <laughs> House of R working title. Hawkeye retrospective, Boba Fett primer. A reminder again, of course, Monday, I will be back with Van and Charles for House of R crossover event. Talk about Matrix. Talk about Matrix Resurrections. Wednesday, Midnight Boys, pew, 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 covering Book of Boba Fett, episode one. Friday, ringing in the new year with Mallory and Joanna talking about Book of Boba Fett, episode one. Deep dive. Cannot wait. The Ringerverse is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at The Ringerverse. That's how you can find us. You can join, send questions, ideas, thoughts. You can follow the podcast on Spotify or, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Give us those five stars on Spotify now. There are star rankings. Give us the five stars. We want them. I'd like to, uh, to give some thanks here at the end <laughs> of it all to a, a, a scruffy looking nerf herder I like to call Steve Allman. <laughs> and the hive of scum oh. and villainy. <laughs> that oh, is man. our producing team, Arjuna Ramdapal, TD St. Matthew Daniel, and uh, the Grogu of this podcast, our darling darling baby boy, Jomi Adinaran, for his work on social. Literally the nicest thing any one person could say about <laughs> any other person. A Grogu comp? Oh my God. Incredible. I'm so excited to join you in a galaxy far, far away uh, next week, Mal. Until then, happy holidays from the Ringerverse. But you did the really cool body throw. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Stop making me like you. I'm sorry, I can't help it. That was really fun. Bye.